Gatesarayim Tov, we continue in Megillus Esther with the commentary of the Mechir Yayin of the Ramah. We have finished, Bar Hashem, the first chapter, and we begin the second chapter. We already told you the first chapter is dealing with the first of the three stages of human life, and that's the Yemeha Naras, the time of youth. And now we're moving on to the second stage, which is the time of the Hamada, where a person is standing on his own. In other, uh, in other words, it's a productive time of life. We showed you that Achashverosh and Vashti is the analogy of the Tzura, the one who shapes and develops and fashions. And the Chomer is the material that is shaped. And we discussed how King Shlomo was hinting to the fact that if a person has a villainous Chomer, and so to speak, as we say, that Chomer and Sura is the relationship of Zohar and Nekeva, if you don't have a, a, a positive, uh, um, a wholesome, um, pliable Chomer that allows itself to be shaped in the way it should be done, not good things happen. And that was the first a connection of Achashverosh, who's the Tzura, with Vashti, the Chomer. She was not willing to change, to ameliorate it, itself uh, through the Shabbos. And therefore, the decision is, you've got to get rid of it. And then we have to move on to the next one. Okay, so now we begin the second chapter. And these are, we call them the Yameha Mamada, the days of standing. And we see that it's very possible that the nature of the human being, specifically the tzura, will now change a bit and will also be able to work on the chomer of the person. So let's take a look at the first pasuk. Achar hadvarim ha'ela, after these events happened, kishoch chamas ha'melech achashverosh, when the anger of the king achashverosh settled down, he remembered Vashti and everything she did and everything that he decreed upon her. And the Pusik, the second Pusik goes on and says, and the king's young men, his servants, the Nari Amelech, they said, let Amelech, let them seek for the king young maidens of comely appearance. Okay, so let's try to understand how the Ramah explains this. So he says, okay, after these things, after the events of your youth, and when you're young, you have blood that boils, you're excitable. So now, when the king's uh, blood doesn't boil so much, his nature settles down, and he realizes that the days of youth are over, he has sowed his wild oats, and he sees what decree has to happen on Vashti. He sees what decree has to happen to the to the human body that it's going to have to end up um, in disuse and will have to be uh, coming to transmigration of soul. And a person like this will never continue to exist. A person with a seichel, a tzura, that's not able to manip- manipulate the body accordingly will be left without any children. You're not going to have anything. Nothing's going to, you're not going to produce anything. So therefore, now that he saw all that, 
and the the youths. Now, who are the youths over here? They the mashors of the servants. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But now the Ramah gives us a very fundamental yesod. This is one way of learning this famous Gemara. Not the only way, but it's certainly a legitimate way of looking at this. As he will now say, now marrying Esther, we're changing from Achashverosh being married to Vashti to Achashverosh being married to Esther. And we know there's the famous idea of zivugim, the matches between a man and a woman. And the Talmud brings a contradiction. In one place, it says that the the shidduch between a man and woman is decreed by a baskol, by a voice of heaven. You don't have much choice. Another one says it's according to your actions how you deserve. So the, how does the Gemara resolve the contradiction? This is a Masechah Sota right in the beginning. It says it depends on a zivug rishon, the first match, first wedding, so to speak. And this is, the other one is Zivug Sheni. So the Zivug Rishon means that's what the Baskol said. You don't get no choice. First marriage is like that. Second marriage depends on what kind of person you are. That's the simple meaning. But there's a lot of discussion and there's much deeper meanings. And they're not mutually exclusive of each other. So now we'll hear what the Ramah brings from the Kabbalists. What is the Zivug Rishon, the first pairing, and the Zivug Sheni, the second pairing? It's not, you want that stuff. Oh, okay. I was thinking, you didn't see me come in. I saw you come in. Okay, anyway, so what's going on? So he says the Zivug Rishon, the first matching, is the connection of Vashti with Achashverosh. That Homer and Sura. And that's decreed by the Baskol that comes 40 days before the conception of the child. And what does it say? It says, this is the words of the Gemara. The, the Baskol says, Bas Ploni, the daughter of so-and-so, lip Ploni to so-and-so. Now there's a little interesting technical question. If you're saying Bas Ploni, the daughter of so-and-so, you should say le ben ploni to the son of so-and-so to make it balanced. Or say plonis, this woman, le ploni to this man. Keep it balanced. Why is it bas ploni, the daughter of so-and-so, le ploni to so-and-so? Interesting question. So, but anyway, that is the zivugrisho. That's the zivugrisho. We're 40 days before the, the conception of that child, before the child begins to, to take some shape. So 40 days, what does it really mean? At the time, what it really means is when it says 40 days beforehand, it means 40 days before the child now. At the time when there's actual, the, the, the seminal drop comes into the woman. At that point, 40 days before it now becomes an established fetus, right at that moment when that first seed comes, it already arouses that there will be something that will develop from this, which will be the fetus. 
it will transform. That seed, so to speak, will ultimately self-destruct, so to speak, and from that will come the fetus. Okay, that's what's going on. And that clearly is what we call the chomer, the, the material, the physicalness of the person. Okay? And that is the first shape that it takes on from the seed to now getting some kind of a physical shape that will need to be manipulated. And that will then have to be wed, so to speak, to the tzura of the uber, to the tzura, the one that will shape it. So in other words, what we're saying is when that first putrid drop comes and that putrid drop is going to self-destruct like a seed in the ground to become something else. So that's, and that's the allegory of Bas, daughter of, something that comes out of it. So Bas Ploni, this seed that's going to become a fetus, that's going to become the Homer, will be matched with a soul, a Tsura, that will match with that. That's the Ploni, that's the male aspect. In other words, what we're saying is, that when a child is conceived, at that point when that first drop comes, and that will ultimately evolve into being a fetus, it's not going to be what it starts off. It's going to be the, the boss, the daughter of the original drop. And that chomer, that physicality, it's been decided which sura, which shape, which soul is going to match with it. In other words, the animalistic soul that comes out of this shape of the of the body, which spiritual soul will it be matched with? And guess what? It's a Baskol that says it. You got no choice. That is what we call Zivug Rishon. That's the first match. We're not talking about a man and a woman. This is on a much deeper level. Within the, we say within everybody, there's the male and female aspect. Within the person who he is, within the male, within, within that you want a unique human being. And right now we all have a body and a soul, a homer and a tzura. And therefore the first shidduch is what is what will which homer will match with which tzura. And that's the one person. And that's Achashverosh and Vashti. Didn't quite work out so well. That's what the Malach gave. Didn't work it out so well. But then we have, but that's in the initial stages of life. And that's just the way it works out. But then we have the Zuvig Shani. Now we have the second Shidduch. And what is that? That's going to be the story of Esther. Now we're going to come to the second Shidduch. And we say, the Gemara says, that depends on your actions. And that is what King Solomon calls the, the intelligent woman. And that is what we're being told over here. The king you see that the first shidduch between your tzura and this homer didn't work. She was a homer that didn't want to listen, didn't want to be shaped by you. And if that's the case, we're going to be finished. But that first shidduch, that's when you're young. Most people squander that opportunity. And that's what the Bosco gives you. You got to work on it. But, but then the second shidduch, the second zivug, which is now the the, the tzura of Achashverosh, but with a different 
female component. A different Homer, that of Esther, that already we'll see, she is the righteous one. And we will see, as, we, as she is described later on, as she's the Bas Avichail Dod Mordechai, we will talk about that soon. That's all the virtues that she has. And the entire story that lays out in this chapter is the development of the Zivug Sheni, of the second matching. The second, it's the, it's the Tzura that now is able to deal with a different type of Homer. This comes with, we're getting out of childhood, out of adolescence, and we're getting into adulthood. And at this point, as an adult, we hope that this pairing has evolved into something better. The second time around, within the same person, is going on over here. And therefore, when it talks about that, so then, so then what was said? So, and the king's young men, the servants, the servants are those parts of the body, remember, that are able to give you some understanding. And he says, let's find some, some women. Let's find Na'aris Habesulos. So what does he mean by that? He said, well, let's find some Chomers that maybe are going to be better. In other words, let's have the, the power within the human being that's able to think and, and make decisions and go and check out and find a better homer than the one we had before. Okay. And that, that's what he's saying. So now as he's no longer hot-blooded and now he's able to achieve uh, a better understanding of what kind of tsura he is and what kind of homer he should be finding, so now that's what is being advised over here. Now, let me just uh, find one more point that I wanted to share here. Just got to whip it up here. Yes, he says, and what has to happen over here, it's interesting, the Gemara, and what really is happening is that your Homer, as you get older, becomes a different Homer. And that's why the Talmud says there are three things that can break a decree. Let's say it was a bad judgment that Hashem made. One of them is Shinu Hashem. One is changing your name. So what does changing your name really mean? So what uh, what the, uh, the Ramah means over here is that if you are a Homer, and instead of being a stubborn Homer like Vashti, who doesn't want to heed any 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 leadership over it, but rather you decide to develop a different homer where you nullify yourself and you, so to speak, take away your name and self self ego in order to change another person. That can help rip apart a judgment. In other words, instead of being the homer that's a stubborn homer, and that's the that's who I am. That's my name, stubborn. Change your name to be a more amenable type of a homer, and therefore you'll be able to uh, find that. And that, and this woman is called eventually is going to be called Esther. Esther from words concealment. Now we know the physical body can make itself very big and noisy and want a lot and scream a lot and demand a lot, and you know it's out there. Or you could have a homer that's concealed, that's very reserved, very modest. So allows itself to be subjugated every day. 
And we will see by Pasuches, it says how Esther is taken to the house of the king, meaning to say that this now second and better Homer is going to be amenable to being shaped and developed by this more mature surah that knows how to handle this. And that's why, interestingly, when the Gemara gets into a halachic discussion of how was Esther, from a halachic point of view, a Jewish woman allowed to live with a non-Jew, it's against the Torah. Gemara uses a terminology, I don't want to get into the details, but it says, Esther karka oilam hoisa. Esther was like the earth. The simple meaning is she wasn't actively involved in this. She wasn't actively engaged, she was passively involved. But a deeper understanding is by calling her Karka Olam, the earth, that means she was Chomer. Chomer, physicality, and knowing you come from the dust, you'll come back to the dust. Humility, humbleness. And she had that type of uh, Chomer that allowed itself to be pliable in the hands of the Tzura. Okay, and therefore, the, those powers of the, of the, of the, of the Tzura, that's the body, and those are the officers. They say, let's try to find the right type of chomer, the right type of quote-unquote body that we amenable to these things. This is the analogy that's throughout the story. Okay, we move on now to Pasuk Gimel. And the king, and they said, they say, the, the advisors saying, let the king appoint commissioners to all the provinces of his kingdom. And let him gather every young maiden of comely appearance to the Shushan, the capital, okay, to the house of the women, to the custody of Hege. That's his name, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women. And let the ointments, the Tamrukehen, be given them. Simple meaning is gather all the women, and Hege is in charge of them. All the women come, and they're given different ointments to make themselves ready to be before the king. So what we're saying now is that no, we're saying there's going to be all kinds of women and we have to have someone in charge who we're going to pick. And we're going to be trying to get a new Homer. So who is Hege, Sri's Paro, Hege, the king's chamberlain? That Hege comes from the Hebrew word Higayon, which means to speak. And the human being, part of the Tzura is his ability to speak. It's a tremendous power. And speech is able to do a lot of things. Speech is able to control people, shape people. And because, as for example, it says in the halal, which the Hasidic Pshat is, you know where I got my Yamunama from? I kept speaking about it. When we speak about things, we can warn people, we can scare people, we can be soft to people. Speech is a very effective tool of shaping things. So therefore, let the aspect of the human being, when he's now looking at these women, to speak to them in a way of knowing what my expectations are. And tamrukayim, although it literally means ointments, can come also from the word meruk, which means cleansing and that's yesurim and suffering. Because sometimes you've got to demand results that the body's not so happy about. And therefore, we now are looking for the right type of way I should have a homer in myself. Try to develop within yourself. There's a lot of choices. Young person has the whole world in front of him. I could be this kind of person, that kind of person. Well, I'm ready for 20 years was one kind of person. 
Now let me sec select a different type of Homer. So let me use the right tools to find the right Homer from all the different possible Homers I can develop. Let's see if we can find one that will match to the Tzura. And therefore, in Pasuk Dalit, it says, and let the maiden who pleases the king, remember the king, reign instead of Ashti. And the matter pleased the king, and he did so. In other words, Ramah is saying, so now the king, who is the Tzura, the human being with the intellect, let him reflect on which way to guide the Homer in a way that it won't destroy the world. It won't wreck up everything, as will now be continued to explain in the story. Okay, so now we're having second round. As a young person, the Homer and Tzura shidduch did not work. Okay, you're getting older now. Your Tzura should be a little bit more developed. You now can look at aspects of your Homer and say, I'd like my Homer to be a little different because you do age. And there could be certain levels of maturity here. So we're hoping that in the second stage of your life, this begins to happen. So now we're introduced to a new character. There was a Jewish man in Shushanabira. His name was Mordechai ben Yoyer ben Shimi ben Kish. Mordechai, the son of Yoyer, the son of Shimi, the son of Kish, a man from Benjamin. But he was a Jew. Now we know that the lineage is not exactly Yoyer, Shimi, and Kish. But really it's, it's alluding to other things which the Gemara talks about, which we'll get to. But we're saying like this, this new concept that we're going to have now is that if one who leads his body in the aforementioned manner, as we've suggested, he will merit to achieve what we call a noble seichel, a very lofty seichel. And this is what's coming up in the next few psukim. So this is what's happening. You're going to get help from Hashem. And you'll have help from the um, noble Seichel. And this is with, with Mordechai Yehudi. So now again, he has to give a bit of an introduction. And this is something we're aware of a little bit. We know that there's three levels of soul, Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. And the rabbis give it different terms. They call them from lower to higher, Seichel Hiyulni, which is like more of a... Uh, What's the word? A physiological seichel. The seichel hanikna, an acquired seichel. The seichel hanetzal, and uh, a, a noble soul. And that last part is the one you want to have after you die and take that with you at all the time. And he quotes the Balakeda, the Spanish philosopher, who talks a lot about this. And when we look at Achashverosh, that is that first level of seichel, not a very advanced level of seichel. It's that, it's that lowest level of nefesh, the part of the human being that's more focused on the physical, there's spirituality to it, and that's called the seichel hahiyulni. It's the seichel of survival, the seichel of what am I going to do with my body? And that happened from the beginning of time to protect yourself, but that's not an advanced seichel. Mordechai HaYehudi is the next level of Seichel. We call the Seichel Anikna, the acquired Seichel. And he proves how the word Mordechai comes from that. And he's called the Ish Yehudi, the Jew. Why? Because 
it's only known that this perfection of soul can only be found with a Jew. We're dealing with the, the divine soul. Aspects of divinity which are not in the average person. And the Jewish people, person, although he has a divine soul, it doesn't develop at such a young age. It's got to get a little bit older. And when it talks, he's Ben Yoyer, Ben Shimi, Ben Kish. We're talking about the different levels of that soul. He goes into detail to explain it all, but it's explaining different levels of that soul. And uh, if you're using your Homer positively, and you're focusing in the right way, you're able to develop all three aspects of yourself. And, and, and these are different. I don't want to get into the details with all the uh, grammar over here, but he's saying that you can rise up. And this is the idea of the, the Mordechai, where the Mordechai now is the more developed Tzura than the Ahasuerus. Okay. And although the Achashverosh is still there, because it is the Tzura, but it doesn't know how to use itself properly. So this becomes the next level of Seichel, where Mordechai is now developing, we call the Seichel Hanikna, the acquired Seichel. But you never lo lose that original Seichel, that original Seichel, which is more, you know, what do I do in life? as opposed to, well, let me go beyond who I am and look at a bigger picture. So what really happens is, is that the Mordechai connects with the Achashverosh. And the Achashverosh, which is the lower level of soul, has to connect with the higher level of soul. The lower level of soul is what you do. A lot of times I do without a lot of thinking. And Achashverosh was doing a lot, was not really imposing on the Chomer to be able to get it to achieve what he really wants. It's a lower level of seichel, but you get you grow and you can get a higher level of seichel. The higher level of seichel, which is, so to speak, coming from beyond the person, but it's part of who you are, that can now impact the lower level of seichel to get you to do what you're supposed to do. So really, and that's what really is going to happen, that Mordechai is going to be the, the ultimate second to the king, ultimately the advisor of Achashverosh. So you got the Achashverosh, which is the tzura, but a low level of tzura, and has to be developed into the Mordechai, and the Mordechai is the higher level, and that is a Jewish concept that's there. And then we discuss in the next passage, and what do you know about Mordechai, who had been exiled from Jerusalem with the exile that was exiled with Yechonia, king of Judah, with Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And again, the Ramo goes into a little bit of a very tricky explanation, but he, and I don't want to get into the details here because it will take so long to explain it, but he's basically saying, and where does Mordechai get this extra seichel? He got it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who had a lot to do with revealing deeper aspects. And it's all hinted to is Asher, Haglasah, Golos, can be Golos, can be revealed. And he was Hashem revealed to him and helped him understand through going through the Golos by going through the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash and to see what really happens in life. If you don't listen to Hashem, you develop a, a greater seichel. And that's a, a simple enough explanation without going into great detail. So now what we're going to see now in the next Pasuk, and now we see the, per, the perfection of this. The body, what we're going to learn now, the body of the tzaddik has to leave its homer desires and has to become a person of seichel. 
So what do we know about Mordechai and Esther? He omenes Hadassah, and he brought up Hadassah, he Esther, Bas Dodo, his uncle's daughter. Ki la Oved, for she had no father and mother. And it says, and the woman was, was beautiful of appearance. And uh, when, when her parents died, he took her uh, for a wife. So what's going on over here? What does it mean, Omein? He brought her up. So what does it mean? Well, now the proper tzura of Mordechai gave guidance in the proper way to Esther, who is, as we know, uh, Hadass, Hadass, Hadassah, where we talk about in the uh, sukkah. And it's a beautiful myrtle. It's representative of tzaddikim. So, and it's it's saying that he was Omein S. Hadassah, and she was the daughter of his uncle, but Dod can also mean beloved. And therefore, we're talking about now that Mordechai is the Seichel Hanikna, is the developed Seichel, which comes from Hashem. And now he's able to uh, develop this surah, this homer of Esther into a proper way. And how was she able to do it? Because she didn't have a father and a mother. And we know that Gemara says there's three partners to the person, Hashem, father and mother. Father and mother are basically giving the homer. Well, Hashem gives the tzura. She had no father and mother. It means she wasn't so connected to homer. She wasn't following it so much because she didn't have, you know, the father and mother aspect within there. And therefore, when they left... She now became a daughter to Mordechai where she could follow constantly after Mordechai and develop into a proper homer that she should be. Okay. Now, what happens next? Pasuk And it came to pass when the king's order and his decree were heard and when many maidens were gathered to Shushan, the capital, in the custody of Haggai, so now we're going to understand what's going to happen, that everything happened as it was supposed to be. And now the king, which is now the Achashverosh aspect, the lower level of Tzura, is now hearing the advice and is looking for someone. And what would happen is, and what would happen is, so now, and Esther was now taken to Haggai. Now it's going to discuss what usually happened. What usually happened but what happened here, he said that Esther pleased him. She won his favor. He hastened her ointments and her portions. He gave her seven maidens fitting to her, given from the king. And he changed her and the maidens to the best portions in the house of the women. What does all this mean? So it means like this. Very important idea. That even though we have to control the body, not let it run loose, we're forbidden to prevent the body forgetting what it needs to survive. In other words, you have to realize we can't self-flagellate to such an extent that the body doesn't feel it's here at all. And therefore, a person has to realize as much as the tzura has to control the homer, it has to at least give it what it needs. And that's what's happening over here. But even though Hege is the one who's supposed to help control it with his words, but still in all, you got to give it what it needs to have a healthy body. Like it says, you have to be healthy, or a tzaddik eats to what his soul needs, not the body. So therefore, even though Esther is always going after her husband, meaning going after Mordechai, and is listening to what 
he is saying that she has to be very spiritual, but you can't withhold what he needs. And therefore, he would give her the um, ointments that she needs, and her portions, and the seven maidens that were fit for her. What does it mean, the seven maidens? And he changed the maidens. What do you mean changing the maidens? So remember we said that the remember we said there are seven uh maidens and they represent the seven forces within the person. Now so in other words, Vashti had servants within herself were used for evil, and now she is, is used them for good. Which we said every human being has seven servants within them. And hopefully they guide you in the right way. But there's a difference if they're so to speak male servants or female servants, if you're not using it properly. And therefore, Vashti did not use her servants, her inner aspects of the body in a proper way or the way to cultivate it properly. And there are those different seven meadows. We can even say the seven meadows, there could be the positive aspect of the meadows or the negative aspects of the meadows. And therefore, through Mordecai and now Hega, they now she now has different seven maidens than Vashti had. Vashti had them to be a terrible person, while Esther now is using it to be a wonderful person, to have the right body, and that's what it means, the best of the women. So now we understand how the second body, the second Homer is being developed in a better way, and we'll continue tomorrow to see how you eventually get married to the king. Okay, shkoyach everybody.